Yeah, so uh, I guess how, how have you been since last time we've talked? <laughs> well, the other day I was um, I got up from the couch really quick to like run to the door because um, I love to see what my neighbors are up to. So I like looking at the people when I hear <laughs> weird noises in the hallway and shit like that. So I got up yeah. and as soon as my foot hit the linoleum, I everything went out from under me and I ate shit so hard that I bruised the palm <gasps> of my hand. Like Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. <laughs> I ate shit so hard. Oh my god, just because you're trying to be a little nosy yeah. Nancy. Yeah. And Anna was there and she's like, oh my god, like are you okay? And Luna was freaked out and everybody was just really freaked out. And I was like, I'm totally fine. I just am a fucking, fucking idiot. Hilarious. <laughs> oh man, that is that is good. A good old classic trip up in your own mm-hmm. apartment. <laughs> I know, can't trust my own floors. Oh, that's good. Love that. Yep. Um, I guess, uh, so this, uh, Friday, someone else in my cohort, uh, defended her thesis. And then afterwards she had like a, like a party or something to like Mm -hmm. celebrate that she did that. And so me and my friend Anna, um, we're like, okay, let's, let's go and go to this for like an hour. Let's not stay longer than an hour. And like, just, just to be like nice and show up. And we were the first ones there, Ooh. even though we were like, we were like fashionably late. We were like 45 minutes late. So we're like, because we really, yeah, no. we really did not want to be the first ones there. Yeah. And lo and behold, we still were. I was like, oh, no. And so it was just like um, the girl who defended her thesis, her husband, and then maybe like, I think it may have been her, her like sister and her sister's like little kid or something. Mm-hmm. And so we had to just, like, make conversation with her for, like, probably at least, like, 30 minutes before other people started showing up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so hard. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> like Anna and I, we're both, like, very socially awkward. And so we're, like, planning out, like, <laughs> all right, what can we talk to her about? And, like, what can we, like, do to make this so that it wouldn't be awkward? And then, like, we got, like, 10 minutes of conversation down. And then, like, the girl kind of walked away. And Anna and I just, like, got up because it was at, a, like, a park or something. So we just got up and went to go, like, stare at the river for 15 minutes because <laughs> we're, like, we don't have anything else to say. it was so so bad but then luckily um people did eventually start showing up and so then we didn't have to just have conversation with her and then man i was just i was just so relieved to leave (laughs) like it was just stressful having conversation (laughs) yeah uh, i've noticed that just being in the presence of other people for anything longer than 40 40 minutes or whatever or anything yeah. longer than like 30 minutes honestly is just a lot it's too much yeah <laughs> it's too much i know i don't think i i mean i wasn't good at it pre-pandemic but pandemic has definitely made it worse <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think my anxiety is worse just like being in yeah. public is so I hate it so much. Exactly. Me too. I know. And so like once, even once we do get like our second vaccines and, you know, everyone else is starting to get vaccinated, I'm still gonna, I just feel like we all have this like kind of anxiety that has been engraved in us that it's gonna Mm -hmm. be like, 
weird. I don't really, I'm not really ready for regular life to start up yet. <laughs> I'm not either. And I'm not telling people in my personal life that I, that I got vaccinated besides like, yeah. you know, the people that I work with know, obviously. And I told my mom like 20 minutes ago <laughs> that I got vaccinated. Yeah, nice. so, I mean, like it doesn't matter. She's several states away, but she's like, oh yeah, I'm so proud of you. Whatever. I'm like, it's just the vaccine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's getting her second one on Friday. Okay. So I expect her to be pretty fucked after that because I heard that like, at least with Moderna after the second one, a lot of people get pretty sick. Like, yeah, that's what I've heard too. So. Did you have any symptoms with the first one? Um, I had a bit of a headache, but that could have just been me generally being dehydrated because that's just yep. me. Um, and my arm was wicked sore where they, they Dude, did it. Same. I had a headache, but I'm like, I don't know if this is from the vaccine. This is just probably from my everyday life of being unhealthy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then, yeah, my arm was also very sore. It just, like, felt like it got punched really hard <laughs> in that area. <laughs> but, yeah, I had, didn't have, like, because I've heard people that just, you know, feel queasy or have, like, thrown up or, mm-hmm. like, you know, or just, like, unfunctional. But I never, I didn't get any of that. Hopefully not with the second one either because that would really suck. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the second one will kick my ass, but. Mm-hmm. Meh. I'll just plan we'll see. plan for it because this time I know that I'm getting it done instead of a very yeah. last minute uh, phone call situation. But I don't really know that much about this shit. So I know me neither. As soon as I heard that, like you know, they're starting to distribute vaccines. That's like all the information I needed to hear. And then I'm like, well, I'm done researching into this. I just know I'm going to get a vaccine, and they'll tell me what to do next. So mm-hmm. yeah. I don't really give a shit. I have a feeling yeah. it's going to be a requirement for like certain things that people want to do so yeah might as well get ahead of it with yeah exactly and i had this really grim thought the other day i was like you know it's it's only we, it's only been a year that we've had this pandemic and these vaccines mm-hmm. are super new so like what if somebody put this like thing in it this is going to be my like one moment where i have where i'm like uh, QAnon, essentially. This is my one yeah. QAnon moment and, that I'm ever going to have. This is where, um, you know, like, what if they put something in the vaccine where, like, after exactly, like, a certain amount of time, everybody who got the vaccine just, like, wicked dies or, like, disappears. Like, just, like, something, like, gets fucking yeah. ridiculously sick and just wipes out the whole population. That would make me so pissed because then, you know, the only people that would be left would be the Mm anti-vaxxers and they're the fucking worst. (laughs) So that would be what's left of our humanity. (laughs) It's like, oh, no. (laughs) So, yeah, just to have those people be able to say, I told you so, that would suck. So let's hope that you're. (laughs) I'm definitely wrong. Uh, I know I'm wrong. (laughs) It's just like a sci-fi moment that I was having. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a good, like, like Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, man. But, yeah. So, uh, one last thing that I can talk about. So, um, I went grocery shopping earlier today, and I always <laughs> use the, the shop and scan, you know, where you take your phone and you scan the groceries. Yeah. There is no such feature like that out here. So, uh, I'm really... It's the best. I know. It's... Man, you really need to move over back to this side just for <laughs> just for shopping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is just so convenient. But anyways, 
I'm like, I'm so irresponsible with putting things down and walking away from them. (laughs) You know, you know how I am. And like, I'm so surprised I haven't lost more things in my life just because I randomly set them down and then I don't like pay attention until like 15 minutes later and then I'm like oh shit where's my where's my keys where's my phone whatever and so you know I every time I do shop and scan you know I scan something I put my phone down while I'm putting my shit in the bag and then I walk away yeah so I um (laughs) I did it I I put my phone down and I walked away and I like went all the way to like a entirely different side of the store and then I started Grab something. I was like, ready to scan it. I'm like, motherfucker, where's my phone? And I'm like, oh, I left it. And so I had to like go try to find it. And luckily it was there. Oh, but then there was this guy just like lingering around my phone, like looking at it like, huh, somebody lost their phone. But you could tell like he didn't want to touch it because he's like, do I move it? Do I report it? And he's yeah. just kind of like looking at it like, what the fuck do I do? And I was like, oh, uh, excuse me. That's my phone. And he's like, ah, good. <laughs> and then he just walked away and I was like, oh man. I really wish someone someone wouldn't have, you know, noticed it there, but he did. But luckily he didn't move it. So I have two he, quick he made- stories that would relate Ooh. to to that cuz I mean just like similar stories of shit that I've done. Uh cuz I'm um, ready. Yeah. Uh there was one time I stopped at a gas station and used the restroom. I was like I don't know, one of my long commutes that I had done a million times. And I had Mm -hmm. taken my phone out of my back pocket and I set it on top of the, um, like, toilet paper thing because, you know, inevitably it would have fallen in the toilet. So I set it up there. (laughs) And I was about, I was just about to get on the on-ramp on the highway when I'm looking for my phone to, like, turn my music on. And, like, I was like, oh, fuck. I left it in the bathroom and I immediately just, like, whipped around and went back. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got there, a lady was going into the stall. And I was like, excuse me, could you please hand me the phone that's right there on the, the toilet paper? And she's like, what? And I was like, oh, I don't want to have to repeat it. Yeah. But thankfully, oh, uh, it was she, there. It was oh. there and she handed it to me and it all was good. Yeah. But you didn't have to stay for her shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> go in there after her yeah she just like handed it over the top of the door i'm like cool (laughs) yeah she didn't even open it and hand it to me yeah um weird yeah but uh then this was like just like a month ago this happened to me i was uh working and i have like a work vehicle that i drive and my keychain uh is just like the key on the one end and then the little keychain loop and on the other end is um like a little card sleeve for my gas card. And mm-hmm. so when I carry that around, sometimes I basically will just stick the card sleeve in my back pocket. So then my little key is just kind of dangling out outside. And uh, I had done that one day and I went into a store and I was looking at this one particular product that I had to be looking for. I was at like a tractor supply or some shit. And like mm-hmm. I kneeled down to look at all the stuff because um, it was down on the ground and did my in- inspection, went and got like a manager to sign the paperwork, and then I went to go out to my car and I started feeling for my keys. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, shit, where did my keys go? And the first thought was I locked them in the car because 
That oh, is a yeah. thing I'm notorious <laughs> for doing. So much so that yep. I wasted all of my AAA like free um, calls because I locked my keys in my car so many times one year. Oh, yeah. So I've learned my lesson mostly on that one. <laughs> um, but the first thing I did was check the car and I was like, okay, the key's not in the car. And so then I walked around the whole freaking store to find wherever, like, all the places that I had been to see where it fell out of my pocket. And I get back to the spot where I kneeled down and I turn around, mm-hmm. like, I was, like, retracing all my steps. And I turned around and the little shoe rack behind me, it was just, like, a little shoe rack, rack with, like, Crocs on it or whatever. The little like hanger sticking off of it had like caught the loop of the key as I was like kneeling down to look at these fuckers and pulled my key literally right out of my pocket didn't feel it I spent sneaky I know I spent like 30 minutes looking for this goddamn key wow that's crazy and I felt like an idiot too because everybody's like what are you you doing I'm like I gotta find my key I can't find my key and you know Real professional. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're so good at life. I know. <laughs> but oh. learned my lesson there. Did you? <laughs> so far, so good. Hasn't happened yet again. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever learn my lesson from putting shit down where it's not supposed to be. <laughs> and, like, the worst part is, so, like, with my keys, um, for my um, vehicle, like, I hook them on to my, like, big wallet Mm -hmm. and obviously i have to take them off of my wallet to start my car otherwise it's gonna be hanging like you know two or three pounds and that's ridiculous and so then i'm just you know casually walking around with them like loose and i'm like no like stop it you know you'll lose these like uh that's why i need the the kind of keys that's just like push to start or the kind of car push to start but yeah that's good luck that's a long ways away (laughs) oh man all right are we ready to uh get started i think so all right so i am jesse and i'm aaron and we're the cage queens well that's just so wonderful to hear this week we are talking about honeymoon in vegas which was uh released in 1992 yep, good year 1992 yeah <laughs> oh personally your, your i'm a big fan i'm a big fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so this movie is pretty much about it stars um nicholas cage and sarah jessica parker as kind of the the main couple of the story And Nick Cage has this reservation about marrying his long-term girlfriend because his mom kind of made him uh, promise her on her deathbed that he would never get married. And so he's hesitant, he's hesitant, but eventually uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character, whose name is Betsy in the film, starts to kind of like, he's losing her because he can't give her the commitment she wants. And so he's like, fuck it, let's go to Vegas and let's get married because I know that you are the love of my life. Mm-hmm. And so they go to Vegas and um, they uh, Nick Cage is still like, you know, he's, he's got clammy hands. He's still really nervous. He's like, OK, let me start the, the day with like a poker game. Like, I can't uh, I, I got to get this out of my system. Then we'll go after that. And so he ends up entering into a poker game, which we later find out is kind of rigged to the the um initiator's um favor and uh he ends up losing sixty five thousand dollars and the winner of the poker game was like hey i'll make this 
I'll I'll cancel your debt if you let me spend the weekend with your girlfriend because um, Betsy strikes a very similar resemblance to the the poker winner's um, late wife. Yeah, his late wife, and the the poker winner is um, James James Can. Is that how we say? His I name? think that's James how we Can? say his name, James Can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of just kind of see that whole um, thing play out in. Uh, and then there's kind of this, I guess, question about because James Can's character is trying to ultimately get Betsy to be his wife. And mm-hmm. Nick Cage is trying to find a way to get her back to him so that they can end up together. And so we kind of see that whole um, anxiety play out <laughs> in the film. But what I want to know is, um, so you, I, I last Last episode, I hyped up this movie as something that I enjoyed watching. Did you like this film? I did. I well, Yay! I mostly so I mostly enjoyed. Um, I really I did love Nick's performance, um, mm-hmm. and I really liked Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop seeing James Can as the dad from Elf, though. <laughs> no. I literally, I like, know. I was at the, at the very by the very end. I was like, "Huh, he's still like a villain, but this time he just didn't learn the meaning of Christmas," you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh yeah, and it's like it's the same type of character that he played too. Like you know, a very like much a businessman that's kind of just self-centered and um, cares about what he wants and how he's going to get what he wants and doesn't really mm-hmm. give a shit about anyone else. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely the same character. But, yeah, definitely just looked like a, a younger version of the dad from Elf. So <laughs> didn't see much more than that. But. Um, I one one of my favorite things about Nick's character um, whose name is Jack Singer. Yep, Jack Singer. Yeah. Uh, is he's a PI, a private eye, um, mm-hmm. much like uh, the one guy was in uh, Wild at Heart, Johnny. Oh, PI. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, but I'd say Nick is a much better PI than Johnny, personally. Uh, and also he has some great disguises. I really enjoyed yes. his, his little montage of, you know, watching him stake out and like a mustache or you know selling watches mm-hmm. with uh sarah on the sidewalk so they can mm-hmm. follow a dude and get pictures it was pretty fun it and what was interesting too is his um profession specifically investigated um love affairs to try mm-hmm. to identify the person and act you know doing the cheating and i was like hey in your last film you played the person that was the <laughs> the person you know cheating with someone in mm-hmm. an affair and so i was like hey tables have turned mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's also like some reinforcement for him in the movie as to why he shouldn't get married because there's right. always you know the marriages always go bad and there's always a cheater and things always go south and mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that Betsy says to him um, is like that's that's not all marriages, you know. That's not every marriage. Right. That's just the ones you happen to be looking at, and that's what you're afraid exactly. of. So, yeah, there was, and yeah. So I think we already mentioned that his initial hesitation to get married was because his mom made him promise her mm-hmm. on his deathbed that he wouldn't get married, and she did that because she's like. 
No girl can love you like I did, Jack. This Gross. is weird. Yeah, and then he later, like, he continues to reference how, like, he dreams about his mom naked. <laughs> and it's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah, he's definitely a weird mama's boy. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess it was supposed to be funny, but it was just kind of cringy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I only had one dream where she was naked. So they get to the hotel. Uh, they get to Vegas and they get into their hotel. And um, when they're waiting f- at the concierge, uh, Nick does a weird yoo-hoo because uh, he's trying to get up to the suite as quickly yeah. as possible. <laughs> yoo-hoo! Can I get a room? Uh, but they get up there and they bang pretty much immediately. And yep. uh, afterwards, they find a black envelope, specifically, um, you know, printed with Nick's name, or Jack Singer, on it, uh, with a special invitation to this poker game that he's really the only invite to. And so he assumes mm-hmm. that it's like a friendly thing and uh, like a friendly thing set up by the hotel for new guests to learn how to play poker or whatever um mm-hmm. so he th- goes to that um against the wishes of betsy because she doesn't see why he needs to do that before they get married there's just no right. reason to um but he does because he can't resist a good poker game i guess and um that's really where everything goes wrong, I think, because mm-hmm. he is basically goaded into um, borrowing sixty-five grand from Tommy there at the the game, only to lose it all by like one card difference in the poker game, and then uh, of course he can't pay sixty-five grand. So Tommy says, "Well, you know, you could either pay the money or." You could let me spend the weekend with your girlfriend. And <laughs> Nick's like, what the fuck? How do you know I even have a girlfriend? And Tommy's right. like, well, you know, I saw her in the lobby, and I really like the way she looks. So you should just let me spend the weekend with her. And he agrees to it. And uh, they have a huge... And when he has to tell Betsy that um, he is trading her off for a weekend, there was a huge fight of course but she agrees to do it because they don't have any other choice um yeah i mean honestly it was it was a really good deal it was a really good deal like yeah you'd be pissed like really you're gonna offer me up as something else but like uh, two days or whatever with um you know a, a stranger who also agreed not to you know sexually advance her or anything he's like i'm gonna be a complete gentleman i just want to spend a little bit of time with her and um yeah for sixty five thousand dollars like that's a pretty uh that's pretty it's pretty fair. pretty good deal. <laughs> uh, but then yeah. but the one thing that he doesn't uh disclose tommy doesn't disclose is that he wants to take her to hawaii which i think mm-hmm. he only really wants to do after he gets to know her a little bit but maybe i'm wrong but so he he has a secret plan in his back pocket to take her to Hawaii which is not going to be like a two day thing it's a long flight just to get to Hawaii it's like at least like seven hours usually Mm -hmm. so you're not just going for like one night essentially you know so um, he ends up taking her for a couple of days 
Yeah. Well, at that point, Betsy was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. Like, I've never been to Hawaii. Like, this could be mm-hmm. an experience. Like, and then Nick Cage started getting mad at her because she agreed to go to Hawaii. And she's like, look, bitch, like, you're the one that, like, put me in this situation. True. I'm going mm-hmm. along with it. Like, why are you getting upset? But that's when we start to see Nick Cage's character kind of, like, spiral towards getting this like very stressed out because he's very nervous about um her being alone with um tommy Mm -hmm. essentially you know getting pampered and you know doing all these crazy things without him yeah but i mean honestly she did get a a very nice deal because she did get to go experience Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, like, she, you know, she got first class flight down there. She gets to stay in this kind of, like, um, very, like, just beautiful setting. They get to go scuba diving, you know, hiking on the volcanoes and, like, doing all this cool stuff. She didn't even have to suck dick to do it. Like, I mean, <laughs> very it's true. like, didn't it's, have to uh, it's yeah. yes. But this whole kind of setup was trying to get her to fall for Tommy so that she could, you know, he could kind of relive the life that he used to have with his um, late wife. And also he's like, yeah, you're, you're even smarter than my late wife. Like I, I like you. And he like, he starts telling her he loves her after like two days and he's just like falling very hard. Mm -hmm. And um, at this point, like Nick had left Vegas and went back to New York and was working his old job, but trying to figure out, you know, like he couldn't focus on his old job. All he could think about is how to get to, um, how to get to Betsy, how to get to Hawaii, because he didn't, he couldn't figure out mm-hmm. where they were in Hawaii. Um, and so, while they're in Hawaii, there's like this volcano that erupts, and uh, Nick sees this on the news and he's watching the news coverage and in the video he sees betsy and tommy and tommy's family there and so he knows now where they are at least what island they're Mm -hmm. on so he immediately (laughs) gets on a flight and head starts heading to hawaii um and so tommy uh gets wind that nick is on his way and tells his goons basically to stall him as long as they can. Yeah. So, uh, so that way he can get enough time to to convince Betsy that you know she shouldn't go back to Nick and should be with him forever. So, yep. did you notice that one of the um, the characters who is um, Nick's taxi driver, um, you know, after he lands on the plane, who mm-hmm. works for Tommy? As Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. <laughs> wax on, wax off. I was like, yeah. and his name, his name in the movie is like Mahi Mahi. Mahi. <laughs> and then Nick Cage is like, like the fish? And he's like, yeah, like the fish. <laughs> Speaking of famous people, um, did you happen? Okay, we're just going to take a little side detour to the Elvises. Mm-hmm. One of the Elves impersonators, a young seven-year-old black boy up on the stage singing, was a young Bruno Mars. Oh my god, 
That's literally what I put in my notes too because at first when I saw this little kid I was like, "Oh, he's so cute." Like singing mm-hmm. like this little kid singing um impersonating Elvis and then later I saw one of the fun facts that mm. it was Bruno Mars and I was like, oh, "Our worst nightmare." I know. <laughs> I know I was so like I was so triggered by that because you and me when we first kind of met one of the things that we bonded over was how much we hate Bruno Mars. Yeah. And then here he is a young a young lad singing as an Elvis impersonator like oh man it got me. But it yeah. also got me like realizing how old Nick Cage is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's he's like my parents age. Which, yep. yeah, makes sense, obviously. But um, did you realize that Nick Cage was previously married to mm. Elvis's daughter? Yeah. Oh, mind blown with that, too. I was like, wow, this movie has such fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently their marriage only lasted like 107 days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they, they quickly got a divorce. And I guess both of them recognized how um, pretty much just like when it was good, it was really good. But when it was bad, it was really bad because they were both very like, uh, I don't know, just very traumatic people <laughs> and um so that those and they had similar personalities so um i guess that kind of clashed and did not work out well for them mm-hmm. but um yeah so it was like wow that's just that's crazy so another hmm. fun fact but yeah anyways <laughs> would you please stop crucifying me with this so nick's cab driver he uh really draws out the trip obviously so nick asks him to take him to uh tommy's place and the cab driver takes him to obviously not tommy's place he takes him to some little dingy shack of a house um (laughs) out in the middle of nowhere and is like oh i thought you said so-and-so's house and nick is just like literally he's about to fucking lose it and um (laughs) And Mr. Miyagi's just like, no, we, we can't leave yet. We got to show, you know, this guy some some respect by staying and, you know, having a drink and just chatting with him for a little bit. Because, you know, he came all the way out here. Like, he's a great guy, whatever. Like, we just got to stay for a little bit. And Nick Man. is still just, he's really going to fucking just blow, blow something here. Like, he's really just losing it. And, like... Oh, God, you just, like, feel stress from Nick Cage's character because he is so stressed and worked up about, like, not being able to get to Betsy and that it is Mm -hmm. just emanating. And then, yeah, he just does really, really well about playing that character and uh, on the edge of losing it. And so I thought it was uh, really good. This is nuts! (laughs) When they finally do get to leave... Like, Nick is clearly, he's just, like, like really fucking over it. And I understand mm-hmm. that completely. Yes. So they they start heading back to the car, and Nick's, like, feeling his pockets. He's like, oh, I think, I, I think my keys fell out of my pockets when, you know, back in, like, the bathroom or whatever. And Mr. Miyagi's like, oh, okay, I'll go, go in and get it. And <laughs> so he goes back inside, and Nick uh, hops in the cab and steals it, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he figure does he figures out where to go or he starts i don't remember he he steals it and goes but um yeah 
And then yeah, he finds out how to go some, how to I, get to where Tommy's character is. He, but... he eventually, I think, gets to like a, a payphone and figures out the address. Yeah. Um, but while he's driving and freaking out, um, Tommy is telling Betsy that um, because he had actually come clean uh, on one of their evenings or one of their outings together, he had told her about. The whole, you know, seeing her across the lobby and thinking she, that she looked a lot like his old wife Donna and how he set up the poker game just to to win a weekend with her, basically. And that this whole mm-hmm. scheme was just to, to spend time with her. And she's really taken aback by it and um, is kind of overwhelmed by the idea of being pursued like that. And right. he actually kisses her and she lets him kiss her because he says like you know you can tell me to stop and she never does yeah. and she leans into right. it and so they actually had something kind of going there for a second and she was just really confused she's like I, you know I don't know how I feel right now yada 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 and uh, at this point now when Nick is in the cab and on the way uh, mm-hmm. he's telling her that he made that story up and that it was Nick's idea to to give her away as collateral because um, because Tommy says that he really just wanted the cash and that Nick really right. volunteered her as collateral and that also it wasn't 65 grand it was for 3 grand which pisses mm-hmm. her the fuck off yeah. she's like i cannot believe that that he would do this for 3 grand mm-hmm. and just throw me away like a ring like a cheap whatever and so she's all worked up about that and um and Tommy is now thinking he's in the lead but Nick is still yeah. on the way <laughs> i don't have time for this horse shit anyways nick was in the car on the way to yeah. <laughs> his his thing. And he finds the house and then he finds out where they're actually staying because Tommy's son tells him where to go. And mm-hmm. so he gets to the resort that they're at or wherever they are. I think they're at a resort. And is yelling Betsy, Betsy, trying to get her attention, but she's out looking at the ocean and can't hear She doesn't him even doesn't screaming. even think to turn. Yeah. No. And uh uh Tommy, you know, nails him, takes him down to the ground and starts <laughs> they start fighting and um and Nick tells him that he knows that Tommy set the whole thing up to to just to yeah. get Betsy. And so Tommy flips him over basically and then pretends to be the victim and is like oh my god help me help me help me and nick gets arrested and taken away and tommy goes back to betsy who didn't notice any of this shit happening behind her and (laughs) and she you know had been out there thinking for a long time and she agrees to marry him and yep and they decide that they're going to fly to Vegas the next day and get married. Yep. Um, so then they're on their way back to Vegas and Nick's in a jail and he calls one of his buddies to help get him bail. How does he find out that Betsy and Tommy are on their way back to get married? Because he knows oh, to go back to Vegas somehow. Mr. Miyagi told him. 
Mr. Miyagi ah. was there uh, waiting God, outside. Just a trooper. <laughs> I know he was waiting outside the the jail with his cab. <laughs> Nick. Um, Nick's first assumption was that he was going to be there to collect unpaid cab fare. You know, not even gonna like say anything about stealing the car. No. <laughs> Nothing. But uh, <laughs> all under the bridge. <laughs> but yeah, that's when Nick finds out that that uh, Tommy is going to Vegas to marry Betsy. And so Nick's next mission is to get to Vegas any way he yes. possibly can. And yes. so um, he, through a series of flights, ends up on a, with the flying Elvis's uh, yeah. skydiving plane. Is how exactly. he hitched a ride. And so, like, these these skydiving Elvises are just, like, all gung-ho about, you know, uh, Nick joining the crew. They give him an outfit, and they're like, hey, yeah, you just pull these these straps, and you'll be fine. Like, you don't need any training. Like, this is all, like, this is all, this is fun, right? Oh, that was giving uh, so, me a ton of anxiety. Oh, just my God, I know. Just not knowing what strap to pull. <laughs> yeah, because there's, like, you know, the main shoot and the backup shoot, and they kept giving him mixed information on what one he was supposed to pull, like, what one was the main shoot, and he was, mm-hmm. like, freaking out about it the whole time. But then, um, so Betsy and Tommy get to Las Vegas, and then, you know, now she's kind of having second thoughts, and mm-hmm. she's like, let's let's not get married right away, like, let's wait, like, let's get to know each other. And then he's like, oh, I'll give you uh, this much money if you commit now. First was 500 now. grand. The first was yeah. half a million to marry him, yeah. and then see how things work out, and then if they yeah. don't work out, she can just keep the money. Exactly. So then she gets to kind of see kind of the the true character um, that he is, and she's kind of like, "Screw you! Like I'm I'm over this. I'm done." And then he kind of makes this big old threat, like, "Hey, you made a promise to me. Like people who make promises to me, they they have to keep them because you know mm-hmm. he's kind of this macho guy in in the gambling industry, and you know he has a lot of connections and is a, is a very powerful person, and so mm-hmm. he kind of like threatens her in that way, and she's like, oh fuck this and so she kind of like tries to find ways to um escape him and she ends up getting into this like showgirl outfit and um kind of works her way into that crowd and kind of helps uh or which helps her kind of escape from him in a way i guess yeah it was it was because i mean he was looking for her in a white dress and so she was able to slip into a different disguise in order to blend into the vegas crowd so yeah she was wearing like that purple sequiny showgirls costume Mm -hmm. working her way through the crowd and um so like the flying elvises start coming down from the sky and they're they're announcing them like by name and like what city they're from or whatever as yeah. they're, they're coming down towards the bullseye. And so the last I think he was the last one coming down. Yeah. Is Nick. And as he's coming down, they announce, you know, that is Jack Singer from New York who just, you know, was last How minute edition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so she is there to meet him at the bullseye and they have a happy uh, reuniting yeah. moment and Tommy does give up he realizes that he has no chance it's it's over yeah so at least yeah. at least we had that I mean there wasn't some stupid like end fight for the girl kind of thing he knew yeah. when to walk away yeah he's like ah damn it he jumped out of a plane I guess he wins <laughs> like, yeah, he was true. he did the the most um yeah and so then kind of the the 
the credit rolling scene is like just the, those two in like a Las Vegas chapel in their crazy outfits, mm-hmm. you know, her in her showgirl outfit and him in his Elvis outfit, like, you know, at the, um, you know, on, on getting married. Yeah, at some Vegas whatever. chapel. Yep. And all the other yep. flying Elvises were there in the yeah. audience. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty good. I, I re- enjoyed that movie. I thought mm-hmm. everyone who was casted played like their part very well. Yeah, I think um, so too. And like that would never be a, a movie that I would watch um, again without this. But I think like, you know, that was actually kind of funny. It was engaging and it was just uh, an interesting concept. So I thought it was, I enjoyed that definitely. That just doesn't help me at all, but I appreciate the thought. And I think that the, because you watched it on Tubi, like the, yeah, yeah, for free. Yep. I think that was like an edited for TV version. Like, so oh. the swear, there, there was definitely some swearing that was mm-hmm. edited. So, like, I think when Sarah Jessica Parker said, screw you, I think she actually said, fuck you or something like that. And then nice. also, in the well, I noticed in the very beginning, it was the, the mom on the deathbed when Nick started talking about the doctors and she said, maybe screw the doctors or something like that. She actually yeah. said, fuck the doctors. I could yeah. tell, like, I went back and I read her lips. <laughs> Look, yeah. 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 I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, she said that she definitely said something different. So, yeah, I, I was actually very surprised with Tubi. I've never heard of it before. And I was like, really, a streaming service that's free. But then mm-hmm. I was like, damn, these ads are so long. They like really they were, were so long that it was it was hard to to watch. And I was like, oh, now an ad. Now we can just go around uh, for a walk around my apartment complex. because This is going to take like five minutes. Like. But, I mean, it was nice to actually have to uh, have a place to um, watch it for free because Mm -hmm. I looked on Amazon Prime and you couldn't even rent it on Amazon Prime. You had to buy it. Yeah. So I was like, damn. So I'm glad that that resource existed. Yeah. It came through for us just this Mm -hmm. one time. Hopefully we don't have to use it too many more times, but. Well, everybody loves that one, Chief. Did you have any other? Oh, I have one thing to to talk about that's that's fairly relevant. Um, when Sarah Jessica Parker Betsy agreed to, or was agree in the process of agreeing to marry uh, Tommy, she uh, has this condition. She's like, I I'm gonna want to start having kids soon. Like that's mm-hmm. you know, like I want to start a family, so I'm gonna want to have kids soon. And he's like, of course, you know, like he agrees to it. And this dude has adult children who have children he's yeah a grandparent and you know he's he's an older dude so like i i'm sitting there watching i'm like holy shit this is my dad because like (laughs) his his most recent wife um when they were early in their relationship that was her ultimatum she she said that she wanted to get married and she wanted to have kids and if he wasn't down for it then they weren't going to be together anymore. And my dad, who already had two grown-ass children, yep. uh, agreed to it. Which, He's you like, know... hell yeah. <laughs> personal choices and all that. If, you know, you want to start yeah. over, go ahead. So That's now he has, insane. Yeah, yeah. Now he has two children under the age of five, and he just got one or both of his hips replaced recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a hard choice, being a, a dad of a young of young children at that age like that, mm-hmm. i'm sure it takes a toll on your body but 
Oh my god. Hey, if you're willing, do it. <laughs> I know. Also, my dad, who has been a beer drinker for literally as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, he started mm-hmm. on Budweiser. You know, back when I was little, I can remember opening his beer bottles for him. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he switched to Bud Light at some point, and he'd been drinking that for at least 15 years, maybe. Now he has made the switch to White Claw. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Dad! Your taste level is just going downhill! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, yeah, gotta love those White Claws. Those, like, what, they're very locale. They are. Yeah, I can't drink those hard seltzers. They're just, they get so gross after the first Oh, half. yeah, yeah. They're just fucking nasty. I used to try them when, you know, it was, like, a thing, but then, like, after the, like, second or third one, I'd just be like, these are too sweet. These taste gross. Like, they're already giving me a headache. Like, I can't keep up with this. Like, this is gross. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, did not really get on that bandwagon. Neither did I. Is this, like, an ultimatum? Uh, well, we're we're getting close to the end. One question I was going to ask you is, would you ever go skydiving? I want to say yes, but, like... I know. My fear... Like, I used to really love the thrill of that kind of stuff when I was younger. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, like, downhill skiing for me. That's kind of... Like, I can't downhill ski anymore because it freaks me the fuck out. Like, just the adrenaline part of it is too much for me. Mm-hmm. Like, just the thought of breaking a leg going down the hill is just yep. too much. That's why I'm, like, only cross-country skiing now. Yep. So, it's a little bit safer. But, like, skydiving and bungee jumping, I don't know if I could do it. I, I know. Just because there's, like, there's not a guarantee. Whereas, like, I feel like that's why we like roller coasters. Because there's a guarantee exactly. that you still get that adrenaline, but guaranteed safety because you know this shit's not gonna like go off the tracks or whatever and if it does then i guess r.i.p that's the end (laughs) i know know. yeah it just seems like there's there's so much less of a risk with that Mm -hmm. thing versus you know bungee jumping or skydiving which like you know there's a very 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 good chance that you know your parachute's going to deploy but I also think about landing and, like, you know, even if you just land wrong or, like, you fuck up landing, then you break your ankles. Like, that's not fun. Uh, Have you seen that episode of King of the Hill where Peggy uh, goes skydiving with Hank and Hank tells Hank, he gets all the way down and he's like, come on, it'll be great. And she's really hesitant. She doesn't want to jump. And he's like, no, it's the best thing ever. Like, you should totally do it. And so she does it. But her parachutes Mm. don't deploy. And so (gasps) she plows into the ground and, like, breaks on a lot of the bones in her body and no way (laughs) yeah and is in like a full body cast for who knows how long Ah. like it's a whole like couple episode plot line like a between seasons kind of cliffhanger kind of situation yeah but that's (laughs) what i've been thinking about a lot yeah second second time you brought up king of the hill in our (laughs) in our podcast it's such a good show such a a great show (laughs) yeah you're not even flying today so I guess we're, do you have anything else to to add to this episode? Oh, we can rank it. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> so we put Fast Times, we stuck on Fast Times at the top, Moonstruck, mm-hmm. Vampire's Kiss, Zandoli, Raising Arizona, Birdie, Racing with the Moon, etc. Um, I thought I this one was like pretty good. I feel like this was better. 
Yeah, I think it's better than Zandali. Yeah, I do too. Is it better than is Vampire's Kiss? Is it better Kiss? than Vampire's Kiss? I don't know. I just have a special place in my heart for Vampire's Kiss just because Nick Cage's acting was so extreme in this. But, I mean, his acting was also pretty, like, he got to yell and scream a lot in this and be like a... I feel like this type of acting was, like, a little bit more... It was still extreme, but it was more of a reasonable extreme mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, my my thoughts here are are that like he he's he does a great job of portraying like the the emotion of his characters in both Vampire's Kiss and mm-hmm. um Honeymoon in in Vegas. But I feel like his performance in this one in Honeymoon in Vegas is is much more um believable. Like just Yeah he there's a lot more emotion you can feel like the highs and the lows and all of his moods like you can Mm -hmm. feel his anxieties and his and his fears and his sadness and everything yeah Um, whereas in like vampires because he was playing a very specific type of character and he had you know he was he was he was doing a different type of acting obviously but yeah yeah, I feel like this character was definitely more, like, relatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so maybe for that we should put it above Vampire's Kiss. Okay, so then we've got Moonstruck on top. Is it better than Moonstruck? I, I still feel like this is better than Moonstruck. Like, Moonstruck was okay, but his acting in this was just better than Moonstruck because we got to see him shine as an actor, whereas mm-hmm. in Moonstruck he, he played a very flat. specific, yeah... yeah. So Moonstruck was our number one, really. That was my number one. I put it up there. Okay, but that's that was yeah. my personal. I would, I would... That wasn't your number one. That was mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My number one is probably Vampire's Kiss, but that's okay. If we were doing it differently, we'd put them on the same line: Moonstruck and Vampire's yeah. Kiss. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But it's my spreadsheet. But I so. still, I feel like this deserves to be number one. I feel like it's better than Moonstruck and Vampire's Kiss just because of his. I don't know. He just did a really good job in this one. And then also the 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 um other characters in this role also like complimented him mm-hmm. well. And so I think together it was just a a good a good watch. I agree. Are you trying to give me a heart attack? So what are we watching next? Ooh, uh, I don't even know. Have I know, I haven't pulled nice. it up yet. Haven't I haven't been ready for it. <laughs> Amos and Andrew, 1993, a comedy slash crime. Comedy slash crime? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so a Pulitzer Prize writer buys a cabin. The neighbors get suspicious when a stranger breaks in. They see a black man and call the police, who starts shooting at him. The sheriff <gasps> tries a cover-up involving a white petty crook. Bad idea. That was huh. the description on IMDb. <laughs> Word for word. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so who else is in it? Oh, Samuel L. Jackson. He, is he the black guy that gets shot at? I'm guessing so. So um, cool. We're going to have a very else? timely racist movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody I so, recognize? No. Nope, just uh, Samuel and Nick Yeah. are the ones that I recognize. But yeah, they... Uh, this type of racism shit was being betrayed back in 1993, so. Yeah. 
all too familiar yep exactly so that should be good then that sounds like uh interesting it's got 5.7 stars on imdb so we'll see we'll see how it goes can't wait what happens in this podcast stays in this podcast i see well thank you